Hello, and welcome to the Magic Music Review Podcast. I'm Jim Spangler, your host. Join me each episode as we talk about our love of Disney music. It could be a song, a movie, a short film, a Broadway show, a Disney theme park, or one of the countless other forms Disney music takes. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey through the magic of Disney music on the Magic Music Review. Welcome to episode 9 of the Magic Music Review. I'm Jim Spangler, your host. And in case you couldn't tell uh, from that opening music, we're going to be talking about uh, what I think is an underappreciated Disney movie. I know there are a lot of people that love it, uh, but it always seems to kind of fly under the radar. We're going to talk about the Aristocats. Uh, Yes, that wonderful, wonderful animated feature from Walt Disney. So uh, let's talk a little bit about it. Um, it was released on December 11th, 1970, and it is Disney's 20th animated feature. It was produced by Walt Disney Productions and released by Buena Vista Distribution, and it was the last animated feature produced by Walt Disney Pictures. It's based on a story by Tom McGowan and Tom Rowe, and was originally developed for a two-part live-action series on Disney's World of Color. The producer was Henry Title. And the original script was rejected, so title went directly to Walt. And Walt made some story suggestions that he didn't like. Uh, Walt then suggested it might be more suited to an animated feature. And the project was put on the shelf, uh, mainly because they were working on The Jungle Book at the time. When The Jungle Book was almost complete, Walt asked Ken Anderson to head up preliminary development of the story. The Aristocats was the last film project approved by Walt Disney himself before he died in 1966. The movie, as I said, was released on December 11th, 1970. It grossed $10.1 million in the U.S. and Canada and was very popular in Europe. By the end of the initial run, it had grossed $11 million domestically and $17 million in foreign countries. It was re-released in December of 1980 and earned an additional $18 million at that time, and then re-released again in April of 1987 and earned another $17 million. It has a lifetime gross of $55.7 million in the U.S. and Canada, and its total lifetime worldwide box office of $191 million. That's a lot. If you think about the fact that this was made back in the 1960s, released in 1970, that is a lot of money for an animated feature. Critical reaction was good to the film. Um, The New York Times praised it as grand fun um, all the way, nicely flavored with tunes and topped with one of the funniest jam sessions ever by a bunch of scraggly bohemians. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave it three stars and said it was light and pleasant and funny. The characterization strong, and the voices of Phil Harris and Ava Gabor are charming. 
It has a 66% rating on Rotten Tomatoes with an average of 6 out of 10, and it has a 7.1 rating on IMDb. To be honest with you, I pay more attention to the IMDb rating than I do Rotten Tomatoes. I just feel that it's a little more accurate to my tastes and the way that I feel. Let's talk a little bit about the cast of this movie. Ava Gabor is Duchess. Um, She's Madame Adelaide's cat and the mother of the three kittens. Phil Harris is Thomas O'Malley. His full name is Abraham DeLacy Giuseppe Casey Thomas O'Malley, which we'll talk about later. And he's a feral cat who befriends Duchess and her kittens. Gary Dubin as Toulouse, the oldest kitten. Liz English as Marie, the middle kitten. And Dean Clark as Berlioz, who's the youngest kitten. Roddy Maud Roxby as Edgar Balthazar, who is Madame Adelaide's butler. Scatman Carruthers as Scat Cat. He's Thomas's best friend and the leader of the gang of jazz-playing alley cats. And actually, he was not the initial person they wanted for the role. They actually wanted Louis Armstrong to voice uh, Scat Cat. But Louis Armstrong, at the last minute, got ill. And so they asked Scat, Scatman Carruthers to do it. Paul Winchell as Shun Gone a Chinese cat in the gang, Lord Tim Hudson as Hit Cat, the English cat in the gang, Vito Scotti as Peppo, an Italian cat, Thurl Ravenscroft as Billy Boss. He was the Russian cat, and he played the double bass, because we all know Thurl Ravenscroft has that great bass voice. Sterling Holloway was Roquefort, and that is the house mouse that is the friend to the cats and who who assists in getting rid of Edgar at the end. Oh, that should have been a spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't seen the movie. Um, Pat Buttram as Napoleon, a bloodhound who attacks Edgar, uh, one of my favorite Disney characters, and George Lindsay as Lafayette, uh, a basset hound and Napoleon's companion. Um, I love these characters. I just think they're so great, especially uh, to be placed in Paris. So good. Just really love it. Hermione Baddeley as Madame Adelaide Bonfamia, who is a famous opera singer, and she owns Duchess and the Kittens. Charles Lane as George Hocourt, who was the lawyer to uh, Madame Adelaide. Nancy Culp as Fru-Fru, which was Roquefort's horse companion, um, and you know her better as Jane on the Beverly Hillbillies. Monica Evans as Abigail Gabble, and she- Carol Shelley as Amelia Gabble, another two characters I love in this movie, uh, two geese uh, who befriend the cats. Bill Thompson is Uncle Waldo, the drunk goose, the drunk gander, who is the uncle of Abigail and Amelia. Peter Renaday as the French milkman, Le Petit Café Cook, and Truck Movers. He's uncredited in the movie. And get this, Mel Blanc, the famous voice actor from Warner Brothers cartoon who did did Bugs Bunny and all those characters uh, for Warner's Brothers, was the frog and is uncredited in in this film too. I love that. I love that they got Mel Blanc to do some voices for them on this. The music, let's talk a little bit about the music since that's what we're all here for and then we'll uh, go through the plot and plug in the music as we go and, and really analyze it or talk about it. The music is the last feature that the Sherman Brothers worked on as staff writers at Disney. Uh, they were very frustrated with management after Walt's death. They didn't feel like it was going in the right direction or that they even knew what was, you know, what was good. Um, they did return to write the music for the Tigger movie. Uh, and the Sh- Shermans composed many songs, but only the title song and scales and arpeggios were kept in the movie. 
Uh, Bill Anderson asked Maurice Chevalier to sing the title song, and Richard Sherman imitated Chevalier on a recording, which you can hear, um, and sent the recording to Chevalier himself. And Chevalier came out of retirement uh, to record the song. And I have to tell you, uh, I don't think it would be the same without Chevalier singing that opening number. Deleted songs that were intended for the film included Pourquoi, which was sung by Hermione Badly as Madame Bonfamia, or Madame Adelaide. Uh, and She Never Felt Alone was sung by Robbie Lester as Marie. Uh, but both of those songs were cut. The Sherman brothers composed La Jazz Hot, but the filmmakers preferred Everybody Wants to Be a Cat, composed by Floyd Huddleston and Al Rinker. A villainous song was envisioned to be sung by Edgar and his assistant Elmira as a romantic duet. I love that idea, the villains singing a romantic duet. But the song was dropped when Elmira was removed from the story. So, goodbye Elmira, goodbye song. Terry Gilkison composed the eponymous song, Thomas O'Malley Cat. Uh, eponymous means a song about your name. And the instrumental music was composed by George Bruns. Um, and he drew from his background of jazz bands in the 40s and decided to feature um, the accordion-like musette for the French flavor. Musette is, a, is an instrument, kind of like an accordion. Um, and I have to say, the instrumental music um, is pretty nondescript to me. Um, I'm not going to play a lot of it, if any of it, when we go over the plot and talk about the music. Um, it just, to me, feels like cartoon music. Like, it's nothing special. At all. It's just cartoon background music, in my opinion. You know, it added a couple of chuckles because it enhanced maybe some gags, but really, in my opinion, nothing special in that. Let's talk about the plot. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie yet, you might want to stop here and uh, watch the movie and then come back and listen to what we have to say about it, or what I have to say about it, not we. There's not more than me here. Um... Uh, that might be a, a smart decision if you don't want it to be ruined, but it's not like this is a new movie. So I'm going to assume most of you have seen it. So the movie opens with the song The Aristocats, uh, written by the Sherman Brothers and sung by Maurice Chevalier. And as I said, uh, Maurice Chevalier came out of retirement to sing the song, and thank goodness he did, because it really sets the tone for the movie, really makes us realize that we're in France. I love the sound and the style of the song. Uh, it's so French in the American version of what French sounds like. Not French like Edith Piaf, maybe, but it's pretty close. As a matter of fact, let's listen to a little Edith Piaf so you kind of get that feel for what Edith Piaf sounded like. She was a famous French singer uh, during World War II, actually, was her heyday. So let's listen to a little bit of her. Allez, venez, Milord, vous asseoir à ma table. Il fait si froid dehors. Ici, c'est confortable. Laissez-vous faire, Milord. Et prenez bien vos aises, vos peines sur mon cœur. Et vos pieds sur une chaise, je vous connais, Milord. Vous ne m'avez jamais vu. Je ne suis qu'une fille du port. Une ombre de la rue Pourtant je vous ai frôlé Quand vous passiez hier Vous n'étiez pas peu fière d'âme Le ciel vous comblait Votre foulard de soie Flottant sur vos épaules Vous aviez le beau rôle On aurait dit le roi 
vous marchiez en vainqueur au bras d'une demoiselle. Mon Dieu, qu'elle était belle. J'en ai froid dans le cœur. Allez, venez, Milord, vous asseoir à ma table. Il fait si pour okay, now that you've listened to a little Edith Piaf, uh, let's fast forward, you know, 20 years or so, and let's listen to Maurice Chevalier sing a little more of this song, The Aristocats. Ugh, I love listening to him sing. Which pet's address is the finest in Paris? Which pets possess the longest pedigree? Which pets get to sleep on velvet mats? Naturellement, the aristocats. Which pets are blessed with the fairest forms and faces? Which pets know best all the gentle social graces? Which pets live on cream and loving pats? Naturellement, the aristocats. They show aristocratic bearing when they're seen upon an airing. An aristocratic flair in what they do and what they say. Aristocats are never found in alleyways or hanging around the garbage cans where common kitties play. Oh no! Which pets are known to never show their claws? Which pets are prone to hardly any flaws? To which pets do the others tip their hats? Naturellement, the aristocats. So the movie takes place in Paris, France. A wealthy, aging, socialite, Madame Adelaide Bonfamille lives with her cat Duchess and Duchess's three kittens, Berlioz, Toulouse, and Marie. Uh, also in her employ is a butler named Edgar. One day, Madame sends for her friend George Hotcourt uh, to, with the task to finalize and make up Madame's will. Unknown to the two of them, Edgar is listening in through the like phone system. It's not really a phone system. It was like more like a pipe system that they used to have in houses. Madame notes that she has no living relatives and considers her cats to be just as much part of her family as anything else. And Edgar, as Edgar listens, he's shocked that Madame is planning to give her entire fortune to them, with the estate to be turned over to Edgar once the cats expire. Meanwhile, the cats are practicing their arts. Toulouse is painting, uh, as he is named after Toulouse-Lautrec. Uh, Berlioz is practicing piano, and he's loosely modeled after Hector Berlioz. And Marie is singing. Uh, and they sing a really sweet song uh, together called Scales and Arpeggios by the Sherman Brothers. Really, really sweet song. Um, let's listen to a little bit of Scales and Arpeggios. Do, me, so, do, do, so, me, do. Every truly cultured music's too don't know. You must learn your scales and your arpeggios. In the music ringing from your chest and not your nose While you sing your scales and your arpeggios If you're faithful to your daily practicing You will find your progress is encouraging Do me, so me, do me, so me, follow so it goes when you do your skills and your arpeggios, do me so good.
Brothers didn't do anything sophisticated with this song at all. Nothing fancy whatsoever. They literally used what a piano player would be practicing. His scales and his arpeggios, um, which are chords broken up, if you don't know what that means. Uh, a chord is multiple notes being played at the same time, and an arpeggio is that same chord, but playing one note at a time. Uh, but I love that they use just that basic idea to come up with this cute little song for the cats to sing to really give them a chance to shine and show their personalities. Really well done. Um, the lyrics are very simple. It's just about practicing your scales and your arpeggios. Uh, and they really don't go for a sophisticated sound with this. They go for a really simple sound that a child might create. Uh, and I think it's I think it's done really well. I really enjoy it. I think it's really good. Now, of course, Edgar is not at all happy about any of this, as the cats will easily outlive him. Um, Edgar slips some sleeping pills in the cat's daily serving of cream, and once they have passed out and night has fallen, he takes them out to the countryside, attempting to abandon them. However, his plans are ruined when a pair of dogs named Lafayette and Napoleon give chase. Oh my god, I love those dogs. Lafayette and Napoleon. Edgar abandons the cats in the field before heading back to Paris. The next day, the cats awaken to find themselves not in their home, but in the countryside, and soon meet a, na a cat named Thomas O'Malley. And he sings a song about his name, Thomas O'Malley, the alley cat. After some talk, O'Malley offers to help them to get back to Madame, uh, back in Paris. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of this. I love this song, and I always try to remember uh, all the names of Thomas O'Malley because we just really know him as Thomas O'Malley. It's such a great song about his name. I just love it. Abraham DeLacy, Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley, the Alley Cat. So good. Um, just a great song. I like the chicharoni like they make at home or a healthy fish with the big backbone. I'm Abraham DeLacy. Giuseppe Casey. Thomas O'Malley. O'Malley the alley cat. I've got that wanderlust. Gotta walk the scene. Gotta kick up highway dust. Feel the grass that's green Gotta strut them city streets Showing off my clad Yeah Telling my friends of the social elite Or some cute cat I happen to meet That I'm Abraham DeLacy, Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley O'Malley the Alley Cat. I'm king of the highway, prince of the boulevard, duke of the avant-garde. The world is my backyard, so if you're going my way, that's the road you want to seek. Calcutta to Rome, or home sweet home in Paris. Monofiki, you all.
got myself and this big old world. When I sip that cup of life with my fingers curled, I don't worry what road to take. I don't have to think of that. Whatever I take is the road I make. It's the road of life. Make no mistake for me. Yeah, Abraham DeLacy, Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley. O'Malley, the alley cat. That's right, and I'm very proud of that. Yeah. It's also great for Phil Harris. I think Phil Harris does this kind of laid-back song so well. He did it well in The Jungle Book with um, Bare Necessities, and this is just a further extension of that style for him. Uh, don't think it's a lot of work for him to do. I think it's probably just exactly who he is and what he does uh, and really, really enjoyable to listen to. Meanwhile, back in uh, Paris, a house mouse named Roquefort confers with the coach horse, Fru-Fru. Uh, both are unsure what has become of their friends, the cats, uh, when Edgar comes to Fru-Fru stables very chipper. As Fru-Fru can't talk, Edgar shows her the headline from the morning's paper telling them that a mystery catnapping has taken place and taken the Duchess's cats. Edgar seems to think that he's gotten away with a little crime until he realizes that he left his hat and umbrella out in the countryside and quickly rushes out to retrieve them because he might be discovered. Meanwhile, Thomas, Duchess, and the kids hitch a ride on a milk truck before being found out by the driver, which is a very funny scene. They next attempt to follow a train track until the train causes them to dive off. However, little Marie gets swept up in the river, and Thomas jumps in to save her, uh, and the family follows him downstream. As he goes downstream, we meet the two female geese, Abigail and Amelia, uh, who, help, who try to help him learn to swim. They say he's doing a great job and that they, he should keep going. The whole group finally gets together and they follow the two geese, Abigail and Amelia, to uh, Uncle Waldo. Uh, and their journey takes them to a restaurant where Uncle Waldo has escaped from becoming the main course. Um, however, being marinated in white wine has called, caused Uncle Waldo to be quite tipsy. And I'll be honest with you, the way that they create Uncle Waldo you kind of get the feeling that he's tipsy a lot and not just from the white wine that they were going to cook him in. Like, I think that Uncle Waldo drinks a lot. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Uh, I don't think that we ever get any corroboration of that, <laughs> but I believe that he drinks a lot. Uh, Edgar returns to the countryside and manages to get uh, back his hat and umbrella, but not before Napoleon and Lafayette just give it to him, man. They nip at his heels and they chase him. It's a great chase scene uh, with those three. I just really love it. Really a lot of fun. Back in Paris, the cats are almost home, uh, but they are completely worn out from their trip. And O'Malley takes them to Scat Cat's abode in an abandoned building. And Scat Cat and his gang of alley cats entertain the family with everybody wants to be a cat before heading off into the night. And I have to say, this is probably the song that everybody knows from this movie. It's um, it's a great tune, so catchy, great jazz piece, um, which is used so effectively in this 
Uh, and not only from a musical standpoint, but visually, it's so effective. Uh, it's almost like uh, you're on an acid trip listening to this song. I, I just love it. All the colors and all the joy, the joie de vivre that they have uh, for this. And the, the cats get involved and they dance. Um, lots of dancing happening in this movie. Um, and it's just thoroughly enjoyable. I love it. Very catchy tune. Catchy tune. Um, that really picks up uh, towards the end uh, for the grand finale of it. Um, and just a lot of fun. Uh, great jazz piece. Uh, so let's listen to a little bit of Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. Well, little lady, let me elucidate here. Everybody wants to be a cat. Because the cat's the only cat. Knows where it's at. Tell me, everybody's picking up on that feline beat. Cause everything else is obsolete. A square with a horn makes you wish you weren't born. Every time he plays. But with a square in the act, you can set music back. Do the game and days of the I've heard some carny birds who tried to sing. Still, the cat's the only cat who knows how to swing. Who wants to dick along her dick stuff like that? When everybody wants to be a cat, a square with a horn makes you wish you weren't born. Every time he plays, oh, a rinky tinky tinky with a square in the act, you can set music back to the caveman days. Oh, a rinky tinky tinky. Everybody wants to be a cat Because a cat's the only cat Who knows where it's at When playing jazz you always has a welcome mat Cause everybody digs a swinging cat kittens are put to bed, Duchess and O'Malley share a tender moment, while Duchess tells of her eagerness to return to Madame. O'Malley, who's never really known the kindness of human, just thinks Madame sees Duchess and her kittens as house pets. Duchess, however, explains that Madame sees them much more than this, um, and they are equivalent to a family to her, which we know is true, because she's going to leave all of her money to the cats, because she says they're family. The next morning, O'Malley leads the family back to Madame's mansion, and after saying his goodbyes, the cats head to the front door, only to be confronted by bum 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 Edgar, who quickly throws them into a sack. Roquefort has seen the whole thing, and after going to Duchess and the kittens in the sack, is told to find O'Malley. Roquefort then runs off to ca- to catch up to O'Malley, and Thomas heads back to the mansion, but he tells Roquefort to find Scat Cat and the gang. Back in the mansion stables, Edgar has put the cats in a trunk, telling them of his plans to send them to Timbuktu, uh, and he has already called for a truck to pick them up. When O'Malley bursts in, and he attacks Edgar. 
Soon after, Scat Cat and his gang arrive to help, while Roquefort manages to pick the lock to get the cats out. So the funny thing is that one scene that I love that's not in here is when Roquefort goes and faces those cats because he has to go in this dark alley and it's very scary. He's a mouse, for goodness sake. And the cats get him and they give him a chance to say who sent him and he can't remember O'Malley's name. Uh, and then finally he uh, he spits it out and the cats are like, well, why didn't you tell us that in the first place? Uh, and that's when they show up to help. So... Um, Roquefort manages, as I said, manages to pick the lock and get the cats out. Scat Cat's gang, with some help from Fru-Fru, managed to knock Edgar into the trunk and out the stable doors, just as the pickup service arrives to take it away. So now Edgar is the one that gets sent to Timbuktu. One thing I love about Disney movies is the villains always seem to get something that's appropriate to what they are and what they've done. Uh, and this one certainly is in, in it. It's actually very funny, in my opinion, that he gets sent off to Timbuktu. Sometime afterward, uh, Madame Adelaide finds that Edgar has gone missing for some unknown reason and calls on George to repurpose her will, removing him from any inheritance. Thomas is welcomed in the family, and Madame ha also has chosen to allow her mansion to be a safe haven all of the alley cats in Paris, which is great. And the film ends with Scat Cat and his gang throwing a wild party at Madame's abode. And we are left with everybody wants to be a cat. And the great thing about that is there are no end credits in this movie. And so you're just left with that song and you end up leaving the theater or ending the movie. If you're watching it on television or however you're seeing it, uh, humming that song, whistling that song, singing that song, whatever it happens to be that you do. Um, and it's so great. Um, I just love it. Well, that concludes this episode of the Magic Music Review and our overview of the Aristocats. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about the movie and the cast and the production of the Aristocats and also enjoyed listening to some music. Uh, from the movie. If you like this podcast, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. That really helps out the podcast and helps other people find the podcast. Also, um, I'd love to hear what you have to say. So go to our Facebook page at Magic Music Review or go to the website at magicmusicreview.com and let us know what you think. You can also leave ideas for future shows. You can also find me on Twitter. Uh, I am Disney Music Dude on Twitter. And I'd be happy to talk to you there also. I'm not on there a lot, but I do check in occasionally and uh, post every once in a while. So that's definitely another place to look for me. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed the Magic Music Review, and I'll look forward to talking to you next time on the Magic Music Review. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. Can I see? See you real soon. K-E-Y. Why? Because we like you. <laughs>